0: Welcome to the Breaking into Finance podcast. My name is Craig Thompson, and this is the open source field guide to help you understand everything you need to know about breaking into finance. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Today, I am thrilled to have on Joe Magdevitz on the show. Joe is a VP and head of finance at Vouch Insurance, and this is keeping in theme of talking about exit opportunities and the wide menu of potential things that folks do after careers in banking to the extent that they aren't you know, staying and becoming MDs and partners or going on to pursue careers in investing. Um, So had a really great conversation with Joe, and we'll spend most of the time talking about um, kind of what being a finance lead at a startup all the way through a public company looks like. Um, I will note, though, that Joe also worked for the Fed in his first job after banking, and we had a fascinating side conversation about that. So that I'm not going to post in this episode, I'll post that separately as kind of a continuation about what the Fed does and how the Fed does it, because I actually really learned a lot from that conversation. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Joe. Hey, everybody, I am here today with Joe Magdevitz, And Joe is the, are you, is the title is the head of finance at Vouch?
1: Yeah, VP and head of finance B- at Vouch BP Insurance. And head of
0: finance. To start, I'd love to hear a little bit about your quick background and how you found yourself in in your current role.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and thanks for having me on, Craig. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk today. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm the the VP and head of finance uh, at Vouch Insurance. So, what that means, uh, we're about a 200 person Series C startup, five years old. Um, I've been at the company for about a year and a half or so um, and am responsible for everything from financial planning to accounting, audit and tax, uh, investments through our insurance company, uh, capital markets, and M&A. So uh, a lot of things you can think of me as kind of like a a generalist at a a very young company, but um, that's what keeps it fun. Quick background, I uh, started out in capital markets, uh, I think similar to yourself, uh, did investment banking in New York for a couple of years, um, then got a really cool opportunity to be a trader at the New York Fed, uh, also in New York, and um, after that went to business school. And uh, since business school, I've largely been doing corporate finance roles at tech companies. So uh started out uh, at a public company at eBay and then have been at three growth uh, tech companies
0: since. Awesome. And yeah, just to to dig in a little bit more about kind of what your current day-to-day role is, um, you know, Series C is definitely kind of of this hybrid of you're not quite an early stage startup anymore, but you mentioned wearing many hats. So I just love to hear kind of what life is like, um, you know, leading the finance function at a Series C company.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, great question. Um, and I think if you asked uh, 10 Series C finance leaders, you get uh, probably 15 different answers, um, depending on the day. So uh, for us, maybe I can go in specifically for, for vouch insurance. Um, but we're truly an insure tech. Um, and so kind of two words there, we have, uh, we're five years old, we have a very large uh, or meaningful tech organization as a as a part of our whole company. Um, we built our our own kind of operating system, as well as Uh, website, go to market functions, Salesforce instance, so like very much a startup, a tech company. Uh, At the same time, we have a regulated uh, insurance company in Illinois. So we have uh, a balance sheet, we take risk, we have investments. Um, So what that means for me is uh, my day to day is very different depending on the day. Uh, So uh, for instance, right now we're planning for 2024. And so what that means on the tech side of the business is working with business partners to look at business segment LTV to cap. Um, we and we can go into that if that's uh, not an acronym that people know um, and how to optimize that. Also on a different day, could be working with reinsurance advisors on how to optimize uh, capital and kind of how we support our insurance company as well as our insurance program. Or it could be really functionally oriented. Could be working across uh, product team, the operations team, the marketing team to align goals and data and how we look at things and uh, implementing new software. Uh, Really, uh, could be any, any, any of the above.
0: And just just to double click, I guess, on one of those. So LTV to CAC, I think, for folks who've listened to our like venture primers, should be familiar with that KPI, but. For those who have need a refresher, it's customer lifetime value relative to customer acquisition costs. So basically measuring for, you know, new customers that you're onboarding and bringing into the ecosystem, what is kind of the margin you expect to generate from that customer over their lifetime as a customer relative to what is the cost of advertising or kind of whatever other outreach you need, um, to reach them. But I guess, so when you say, when you talk about optimizing that or working with your sales team. How much of that is going to them and saying like, Hey, like, here's what the math says about what we've been doing historically versus, is there any element of like, I notice you're doing this, or I notice that this particular customer type is lower yielding and customer like, like, I guess, like how much is it, um, you know, the mirror versus the flashlight of kind of like helping, you know, develop insights versus just being like, Hey, just so you know, here's where we are.
1: Yeah, it's really all of the above. Um, so, I think uh, just showing the historical is, is really important, um, but not going to uh, get the company to kind of an incrementally better place. Um, and so, what, what we do is we um, first, uh, first kind of like being a being a head of finance or a kind of an FP&A leader at a, at a startup, you'll probably have to define. Uh, what LTV to CAC is and kind of how you take um, your expenses and revenue and estimate how long you're gonna keep a customer and your marginal costs and kind of all that, all that junk um, and get it into a consistent and repeatable definition that you can measure. Um, So one, that takes a lot of work and kind of getting that historically. As a young company, financials don't come out in like a really perfect way where you can just manipulate them and get to the answer you want. Uh, Like you would at kind of a public company, or kind of as as a banker pulling financials. Um, But what we're doing as a Series C company that has pretty pretty mature accounting and um, good kind of a good discipline around org structure and definitions and such. uh, What's really helpful for us is uh, building a calculator and showing them the levers uh, that actually influence the calculation of LTV to cap. So, um, if we increase uh, average premium, which premium is kind of our ticket size uh, revenue equivalent, um, and then we grow this customer over years uh, two, three, and four. What does that do to LTV? If we reduce the time spent on uh, underwriting uh, a client, what does that do for our marginal costs? And then you can you can build that understanding and give them a tool. so, um, so that they're thinking the operators, uh, the, the product people, the sales people, the tech people are are thinking about it in the same way as, as you are as a finance person. And then it kind of lives on, uh, beyond that, that one in inter- one interaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know every, you know, every company is different, but you've worked at a few companies kind of strewn from the, you know, mid-stage to late stage venture and all the way into, you know, eBay as a public company. Um, Could you talk a little bit about, you know, if, if someone is thinking about going into like the FP&A function or, you know, wants to become a finance leader at a company, how, how have you seen the role change across stages of company and if you were someone who's say maybe fresh out of business school, maybe has a couple of years of banking experience, do you have any recommendations of, of a, you know, starting at a public company or starting earlier?
1: Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question, um, and I think we talked a little bit about this the other night. But um, the the way the way I think about it, kind of maybe I'll start with the question of uh, kind of different stages and and um, and kind of where I think I add value, and maybe that'll add a little bit of context. So, um, finance isn't that different from other operating roles uh, in how. Um, from an early stage company to a later stage company, you you increase in specialization. Um, so in an early stage company, whether you're the first finance hire or the first product manager or salesperson, you're gonna be doing a lot of things that aren't uh, traditional finance or traditional uh, product or traditional sales. Um, and that's just kind of like the the reality of it. And so at a series at a seed stage company, series A, Uh, you're probably figuring out how to get the information to do accounting to a third party if you don't have that background. Um, Or hopefully if you're like myself and you don't have an accounting background, you're not actually doing that yourself. Um, You're also setting up your payment flows, opening bank accounts, uh, connecting it to Stripe, um, optimizing that, sending credit cards, like very foundational infrastructure stuff that, if you're if you're coming from an investment banking analyst world it's it's maybe very different than you'd expect um, for like a title of fpna head or something like that um and as you get more kind of uh, into the growth range of companies it becomes incrementally more specialized um, so you might have a general fpna person that maybe doesn't touch accounting but um, does expenses and uh, financial modeling if you go to a series E company, you probably break break apart those responsibilities. And then when you go to a public company, um, it is super specialized. And you might be the person that focuses on these specific type of expenses at this specific uh, business segment. And, um, and you have many layers of management uh, in between you and ultimately what gets reported to the street. And so, um, kind of the, the the numbers are a lot bigger, but the the scope of responsibility is a lot smaller.
0: And so this this is one conversation I've had with a few other folks who are kind of in finance leadership roles at various stages of private company, which is, let's say that your goal is to be a public company CFO. And you have a choice earlier in your career, you could be the first finance hire um, you know, at a growing company. So series B, series C, you could be the first finance hire and you can try to grow with the company or join a right pre IPO company. And, you know, maybe you're, you know, fourth in line or something like that. Like you're leading an FBA and a function, but there are a couple layers ahead of you. So you can go through the, you know, private to public process or, you know, just joining a public company and trying to move up the ranks. Do you have any views on kind of optimal places to start or, or some frameworks for at least thinking about that, that question.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, it's a really good question. Um, maybe I'll just talk about what, what I was optimizing for at different stages and, um, and maybe what I was and wasn't thinking about, but kind of like how it, how it benefited me later. Um, maybe that's helpful A helpful way to think about it. Perfect. So, um, the first, the first part of my career was, um, uh, if you look at it, you, you might not think it's totally linear, and it definitely wasn't planned out in like a very linear path to do exactly the things I did to get to where I am now. Um, but what I optimized for was uh, learning a ton from people who had a uh, really deep experience in their different areas. And the different areas in the first part of my career, I would say the first part of my career was really uh, learning, and it was uh, banking, working at the Fed, and working at eBay, all very different. Um, but all very uh, analytical roles in in big, strong organizations with um, uh, kind of a deep uh, product set or kind of um, subject matter set uh, where I could see a lot of different things, learn from really experienced people and kind of just soak up uh, everything around me. Um, The next part of my career was really uh, the growth stage companies, being at smaller organizations, uh, one was three or 400 people, one was about 1000 people. And that was kind of like a pre IPO company. Um, and where I'm at now is about 200 people. And so um, that is really about having talked about the, the scope of responsibility, having a really uh, wider scope and ability to, to take those things that I've learned uh, and impact business and impact uh, people and kind of Make decisions and kind of see see those through and how they impact the the organization. Um, as I think about like what the right or what the the clearest path is to get to that public company CFO, um, not not totally sure. I think e- each person uh, is going to have a different different path, but uh, for me, um, I think. Breaking it down into those two parts of my career into like really learning from uh, deep experience and, and really strong leaders uh, was super helpful for me and all the different aspects of my job now. So uh, now is being being in fintech. Fintech is super interesting because you have uh, capital markets, you have uh, investments, you have um, balance sheet. Most, most startup uh, finance leaders don't have to think much about a, a balance sheet. And If you're at a public company and you're an FPA leader, n- you never never have to look at a balance sheet, which is uh kind of interesting. Um, but fintech is super complex, and the the combination of my uh experiences has has uh kind of enabled me to to hopefully be uh, somewhat successful here.
0: You talked about the importance of that learning part of your career starting out, and. One, one question that I, I don't know that I really know the answer to is kind of the role of the investment banking experience in that trajectory. Like, I think for me, it was just such a career accelerator, both the logo and the and the learning, like both were like really important. And so I guess one, one question is, is how important do you feel like that investment banking process was for you? And, um, you know, hard to put yourself in in someone else's shoes, but if you have any advice for someone who maybe is a senior or maybe is one or two years out of undergrad who didn't get that investment banking job, but is still interested in kind of the finance track broadly, um, are there types of other roles that provide high quality learning for someone who, you know, long-term might want to follow a trajectory like yours? So for me, as a college
1: student, I was an economics and psychology major. I uh, in a liberal arts college. Um, was at Cornell,
0: it's not... it's okay to name drop. Is it Cornell? Is it a... Cornell. Cornell.
1: Um, and I, I like I, I wasn't one of those uh, college students who was like dead set on doing investment banking and then doing uh, working at a fund after investment banking and kind of like having that linear approach to thinking. Um, I really just wanted to do something I wanted to be in New York my my college girlfriend now now wife was heading to New York and a bunch of my friends were so I'd like that seems like a good place to be and I'm originally from Philly and so um wanted to end up there and wanted to do something uh first and foremost analytical where I could work a decent amount and really learn because um, I hadn't had a ton of uh, professional experience uh, throughout college, just a couple of internships. Um, and two, if, if that was, if I could do that kind of first and foremost, uh, and I could do it in a place where it's either focusing on uh, something economics related or capital markets related, uh, kind of even better. Um, and so ended up uh, being really fortunate, getting a job in investment banking, and um, Learned a ton about global markets, capital markets, um, and kind of profession professionalism. Um, just being at a professional services firm and what that meant, um, and good habits. And, and that was actually a theme at eBay as well. So, uh, w- one thing about like joining a startup as the kind of uh, head of finance at a five-person startup right out of college. Um, the one, the one like that. A lot of successful people have done that. The one thing that you don't get is you haven't seen what uh, kind of good hygiene, I call it, uh, looks like. And so that was a really valuable um, thing for me to learn both doing banking as well as uh, being at eBay. Um, and I think I could have learned it at both. They're just kind of like different uh, different outlets for it. Um,
0: but just working at some sort of mature company where you know what the end goal is and what the end state could look like. So when you're off in the wilderness, you kind of have an idea in the back of your head of what you might be building towards.
1: Totally, totally. Like when, you, when you're when you a finance leader at a startup and it's 200 people, 300 people, 400 people, whatever it is, um, people are going to look to you to say like, hey, Joe, like, what does good look like here? Um, and you can get a certain amount of it from your peer group, from, uh, kind of reading from school, but, uh, like having seen it and having seen like being in eBay and I was on the corporate fp team for a number of years. And so sat right next to investor relations and the CFO and, um, really just like seeing how they conducted themselves and, um, kind of the checks that went into earnings, uh, earnings releases and scripts and, uh, kind of what we published, uh, publicly. Um, it's just a whole nother world, um, that just kind of helps you, helps you be more professional, have that hygiene, uh, at a, when, when you're ready to, to be at a smaller company.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And then this is another question that I get a lot from listeners personally and I'm curious kind of what your take on it is is the role of the MBA program and the value cuz I I in some ways am surprised by how many people are surprised that I decided to go back to business school um which I think is a very common path and just you know a little bit on the decision process you've you've now done a couple years in banking uh yep. you've worked you've worked for the government you worked at the fed and then you make the move up to Tuck uh, where I, I did Tuck Bridge. So I'm I'm familiar oh, nice. um, with uh, with the real estate up in Hanover, but just would love to hear kind of what that process was like for you if you went in, you know, with a particular end goal and, and any advice around that?
1: Yeah. Um, so interestingly, um, I really loved what I was doing at the Fed. Um, I learned a ton from people to so, for people that that don't know, the I, the markets group at the Fed is the the group that does um, trading. And uh, so, when there's quantitative easing and the Fed's buying forty billion of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, that group actually does that. They go into to markets and um, they execute that. Um, also, when the the Fed is targeting a Fed funds effective rate of X. Um, that has to do uh, with liquidity and in a uh, kind of overnight funding markets uh, that's facilitated through Fed transactions. Um, and um, and so uh, anyway, uh, going off tangent, but really, really enjoyed uh, what I what I was doing at the Fed and the markets group. Uh, there, it was uh, relatively bureaucratic as you think about it relative to to startups, and you needed. Uh, some sort of degree to get past a certain point. And so um, the way I approached it, I was like, I I would probably love to come back to the Fed uh, and work here in a more senior role over a long period of time. Uh, it's just super interesting work. I was also interested in fintech and startups and kind of uh, what being a finance person uh, at, a, at a startup uh, or a public company or tech company might look like. Um, And so I went to an MBA program as opposed to uh, like a policy program or a uh, PhD, which are also paths that a lot of people who who are in the markets group do. Um, And I ended up getting really, I kind of had a non-traditional recruiting um, track at at Tuck. So Tuck is uh, really, really good at sending people to do consulting for the, the big two or three Um, they actually send a lot of people to do banking. Um, a lot of, most people don't go there to do banking, but, uh, because as you know, a lot of the banks, um, kind of have a certain number of students they want from each of the top business schools, it's ironically, relatively easier to get a banking job out of Tuck.
0: Just Um, when you thought you were out, they pull you back in.
1: Totally. Um, so I, I never yeah. uh, I never kind of broached that 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 was never like super interesting to me uh, after having done it was uh, really good to do it uh, first couple yeah. of years but didn't want to get back in. Um, but anyway, I was uh, I got really interested in in Fintech. That was in the 2013-14 timeframe, when uh, SoFi was uh, getting up and becoming big. Lending club was was growing a lot. Uh, funding circle common bond, like you name it, there were a bunch of them that were uh, kind of challenging traditional finance. And um, it sounded a little more interesting than uh, kind of the the capital markets uh, angle that I had been doing. And so um, investigated that, investigated uh, public companies that had finance teams that uh, were really well respected for uh, building finance talent. So eBay was actually an interesting one uh, because uh, you can look this up in the journal, like a million years ago, they had an article about all the CFOs that uh, like came up at eBay and like went to all these startups and um, like an eBay mafia type thing. Um, And so that was really interesting. And I, I actually, there were a few opportunities where I could have, this is probably interesting for the listenership. Um, there are a few opportunities where I could have gone and, and done a um, undefined internship at a fintech company that was like getting off the ground. Or I could go to eBay and do a more formal internship and kind of see what being a, a finance person at a 20-year-old, $30 billion public company meant. Uh, and so I decided to go with that. I found the the business model really interesting. Um, I they had a great reputation for building finance talent. So all of this to say, um deaf, I could have done this uh, if I had the initiative and the time and to to network and like really research what I, I found really interesting uh outside of business school. It's not the traditional uh you go to business school, you go uh do consulting or banking or private equity or product manager or whatever. Um but I think what was really valuable to me was kind of having the dedicated time to think about uh, really business. because um, being in capital markets, working at the at the Fed, you're thinking about things from a uh, like 30,000, uh, 60,000 foot level. Um, but like really thinking, oh, with these case studies, is this something I'd be interested in doing and, and having the opportunity through an internship to try it out? Um, so not that th- that's why it was valuable to me, but um, uh, it definitely wasn't the kind of normal, normal use case.
0: If you could give, uh, you know, a bit of advice or wisdom to your, you know, twenty-two year old self, anything jump out as uh, what you might say?
1: Me kind of sharing these thoughts today, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but sound like like I had a plan. Um, kind of going forward and wanted like the first part of my career to be really um, kind of a place where I learned a lot and, and did 22 year old self had no idea. It was just like how do I how do I gain more experience and kind of do it at the best roles I can I can get um, I I think it, it would just be kind of be patient uh, be willing to learn um, don't worry about, Kind of not uh, getting promoted every year or getting the best new job every year. Um, patience and and learning and and being thoughtful is uh
0: uh kind of the name of the game. Awesome, Joe. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I I really appreciate it. This this was really interesting. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun.
0: That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to check out our website, breakingintofinancepodcast.com, where you can submit questions, join our substack to stay up to date on new content releases and much, much more. We'll see you next time.